You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. I have Paul Mendoza. He's the CEO of SIG Parser. SIG is in the signature file in an email. So the web, website is uh, SIGPARSER.com. So, Paul, thanks for coming. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so this is uh, seems like an unusual but probably necessary thing to focus on. What, what's the background? Like, what got you into uh, even looking at this part of communication between the people? Yeah, so um so I've been working with sales teams and one of their you know, one of the common requests that they had was they wanted to build a contact list and they they would to like load into their CRM or whatever they wanted to, to do with their contact list. And a lot of times their their sales reps were not entering data into their CRM systems. So it's typically like eighty percent of contacts were never making it into a CRM system. And maybe that's like phone numbers that are missing that they're receiving in their emails, things like that. And so it seemed like there was this huge, obvious place where all of this data was residing, which was the email system. And so what we did was started trying to figure out how do we get all of this data that's sitting in these sales reps' email accounts and all these emails, how do we get that data into a CRM system? And so we started working on how to do that. And we we kind of built a our own little mini CRM at one point, and we built a, a signature analysis tool. And 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 slowly over time, we ended up pivoting or moving towards this idea of email signature parsing as a solution, and kind of delivering that as a as a product instead of more of a, a one-off service that we were doing for people. So that was sort of the uh, that was sort of the evolution of how we we came up with it. So are you looking in the entire body of the email and the, you know, the to and the from and the different parts of the email and just pulling out everything? Or how do you know, how do you analyze an email, by the way, for data? Yeah. So what we do is we take, um, we connect to whatever the email system is, and then we have basically an algorithm that, that takes the email and splits it into pieces. So, you know, when you get an, an email reply chain, it'll say like the first email, but then below that was the previous email and we'll have the, the headers like, you know, this John, this email was forwarded from John Smith and then it will say the, those sorts of things. So we have to split the email there and then there, there might be an email signature in there that says like John Smith, CEO of Example Enterprises and then they'll have a phone number and a title and a location. Maybe it'll say like San Diego, California or something. Um, so we can grab all of that and attribute it to that block in the email reply chain um, and then we'll take the next block you know there might be more re- things in that reply chain and we'll take each of those and split those um, so it's using a combination okay. of like regexes and um, machine learning 
And uh, yeah, so that's kind of the process. Okay, so you'll parse the email. That's why sig parse. Okay. Yeah. And then exactly. Yeah. Once you, so what are the things you're looking to pick up in emails or in email chains? So what we're looking to pick up, so we're really looking to pick up um, every email address, um, as many of the names as we can find. So whenever an email comes through, you're you're almost always gonna you're always gonna have an email address, and you're gonna have almost always the display name of the person that they set in their email client. So you get the first and last name, which if you're just buying like lead lists or something like that, you don't get those details all the time. You might just get an email address that someone filled in a form somewhere. So you might not get a first and last name. So as soon as someone on your sales team or support team or anywhere on any of the teams communicates with that person, that person responds. Now, all of a sudden, your business has that first and last name, even though it might not be in your Salesforce leads or it might not be in whatever system you put your leads into. Um, so now you've got that first and last name. So that's one of the, that's like the basic thing that we capture. So we're going to capture every email address, every, every first and last name. And then you get down into signatures. So most business emails have an email signature in them. So it's that part at the bottom that I kind of explained earlier. So what we're trying to do is capture as much as we can from that. So what we'll do is we'll take, let's say there's a phone number in there and it's labeled sell. Um, we will see that label that says sell and we'll capture that from that email signature and then we'll stick that into the mobile field in Salesforce or the cell phone field in Pipedrive or something like that. Um, and then let's say there wasn't a location. Yeah, we'll take, we'll take like a, we'll take like the, let's say there wasn't a location. We'll take the, um, the phone numbers like area code or the country code and then we'll geocode that and kind of give you a guess at where that person is located. Things like that. Oh, that's really smart. So what kind of info have you been able to grab that was really surprising to you? And, you know, what percentage of info are you tending to get? I know you don't get 100, but it sounds like you probably get a pretty high percentage. Yeah, so it varies. So it varies a lot by um, by the sales team and how they're working their lists of contacts. So, um, so I'll give you an example. There was this one team that we had where they had purchased a couple hundred thousand leads and they had loaded them into uh, Salesforce, their Salesforce leads. And then they had been emailing them and getting, getting communication back. Well, they didn't have were phone numbers. And so every time they got a communication back, we were able to capture that phone number and then stick it into Salesforce. And then they use SalesLoft, another tool, to then pull it out. So they had a couple hundred thousand leads. They had sent out, I think, 500. We, we processed 500,000 emails. Uh, and then we were able to discover 33,000 phone numbers from all, from all of the email communication they had back and forth with these people. Um, and then 13,000 phone numbers were just missing from Salesforce. So we were able to go push 13,000 new phone numbers into Salesforce. And this is a sales team of, of like six people. So it's not very big, That's and great. like the t- the timeline was only probably on average like six months of analysis that we did for them. Um, so it's not a huge timeline of, of of history. Well, what if I have an email account for like I don't know the past five years, and I, I haven't done this? I say, hey, can I can you just go in there and like look through everything and grab as much data as you can from my existing account, or does this have to be new emails? Yeah, so when someone signs up, they have the option to purchase a historical poll. So they can say, um, I want to go back a year or I want to go back uh, two years or five years or something like that and go back in time 
and actually extract as much as they can from that email account. Um, now we can only access what's on the email server. So if you're an organization that, that doesn't have a whole lot of storage space and so your sales team is, is continually purging stuff off their email server to just kind of free up space, then there's, we can't really do a whole lot to go back in time to grab those emails. Um, we are working on a solution for like sales teams who do a lot of like, they store a lot of their old emails and PST files. So we'll probably have a solution here soon to process PST files for teams so they can go back pretty much forever. Um, but yeah, there is a there is an option to go back and, and we can find a whole lot of information for for individual email accounts um, if we go back, you know, years in time. Yeah, that's really cool. I can see this if you um, if you have people working for you as an additional tool, you want to make sure that you know, you know who they're communicating with in their email account in an automated way. So nothing's hidden or, you know, not known about. I mean, I can see you running this on an account to make sure that there's security compliance as well. Maybe it's a oh, nefarious yeah. purpose, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can. Um, so when you when you come into our application, you can actually see uh, sort of analytics on each contact that you've had interactions with. So you can see how many outbound emails, inbound emails, how many meetings you've had, uh, or someone on your team has had with that person. Uh, and then you can kind of drill into and kind of see a timeline overview of the interactions with that person over time and then kind of their related contacts. So there's a lot you can kind of get from email, a lot of information you can get as, as a team member or a team manager to kind of see what's going on in your business. Can you um, ping an email without emailing an email to somebody just to make sure that an account is good or, I don't know, to get information about the account without, uh, you know, talking to them first? Yeah, so we don't offer that, but one of the things that you can do is you, is you can easily export a list from our from our system, let's say we've gone, we've processed your, the business's email account and then generated this giant list for you. You can then export the list and then you can send it over to another service. There are other services that will do that for you. Um, and you can send it over to a service like that and then they can give you the results. And then you can import that back in our system or you could just put that into your um, CRM system that you're already using, whether it's like Salesforce or Pipedrive or something. Well, what are, what are those services called and what's the reason you guys don't offer it? Do you think, feel like it's just a... Uh... Is that a good thing to offer or are there other reasons? No, it definitely is a good thing to offer. We just don't offer it yet. We'll probably offer it at some point in the future. Um, that just hasn't been something we've we've gotten to do yet. Um, but we would love to do that at some point. That is something we hear from people. So earlier, uh, you said you can get a lot of data, you can parse it. I mean, have you noticed any trends or unusual things that jumped out at you when you look at a data set or have you know, have organizations you've worked with, have you analyzed the data, shown it to them, and they said, huh, interesting, and they've taken it and used it for some purpose that you were surprised about? Um, yeah, I mean, so one of the things that I've been kind of surprised about is uh, we we actually have a lot of developers who use our API. I didn't think there would be that many developers using the, the API version of our, of our product. Um, that's been one of the surprising trends is, is how many people out there are kind of trying to, to build internal CRM systems. Um, and so, so we have an API version of our, of our platform. And I think this might be coming from GDPR as well. Um, a lot of companies are, are kind of have their own internal systems and they want to be able to grab these contacts, but they can't have someone else processing the data and storing the data for them. Um, so what they're able to do is they're able to use this API we exposed for parsing email signatures. Uh, and it's stateless, so we don't store any data about the email. 
Um, we just take the email, process it, give, give them back the results from this API. So we've been kind of surprised at how many people are using the API um, version of, of the SigParser tool and just storing it in their own internal CRM systems, wherever they are. Uh, you're not pushing anything into the various fields of an email either. Like you're not, like you said, uh, changing the signature files. Your you're interest more is to read them and capture this data that, you know, lazy salespeople never seem to capture. Yeah, it's about late. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's about lazy salespeople. I mean, it can be about that, but it's it's really more about um, uh, this data just is never going to be captured any other way. Um, because if every time you got an email signature for the business, you had to go look up in your CRM whether or not you had some phone number that was in there, it would just never happen because it's just it just takes too much time. Um, you a lot of times like managers will say everyone needs to enter three contacts into the CRM system a week. You know, sometimes that happens. And so what you'll end up with is the sales rep interacts with 50 people throughout the week and they enter three people into the CRM system. That's not really capturing the volume of their work. And so what we're trying to do is really capture the volume of their work. Um, no, this makes a lot of sense. I, I, I just imagine myself, you know, oh, where's, where's Mike's phone number? Oh, geez, I got to look through it in the email tree and try to find it. So this would make it much, yeah. much easier. I agree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then we try, you know, there, there's some other use cases like, uh, especially when um, when you're transitioning between reps. So you've got, uh, I think, I think it's 34% is the average annual turnover for sales reps. Uh, and then 70% of companies take six months to onboard a new sales rep. So anything you can do to make it easier to to onboard that new sales rep is is gold. So what we do is like whenever, um, we're, since we're monitoring all the email accounts, whenever a sales rep leaves and you get a new sales rep on board, you can easily take what the old sales rep was doing and say, here are all the contacts, here's all the relationships that guy had that he was working on. Here's the phone numbers, here's the titles, here's the companies that are at the accounts. You can go and analyze what that guy was, you know, who, that, who the key relationships were at each account um, with SigParser. And so you get all that through email. And so we can make it much easier to onboard a uh, new sales rep to a team. That's one of the use cases. How do you analyze the, uh, the relationship? I mean, you know, how can you tell who knows who? So oftentimes you'll see, you, you, we can figure out who knows who by who was on a meeting. So let's say that you're going to have a meeting and you invite the first, let's say your, for your first contact into a company, into an account was was a software developer, but they're not really the key decision maker. So you end up having that software developer gets you into a meeting with the VP of marketing and the VP of, of engineering, let's say. And so now all of a sudden you've got the VP of marketing and VP of engineering contact information. And so now you can see in that account who you're interacting with, that you're interacting with these people, these, these two people are related somehow to this developer that got you into the account. And you may have been hitting 20 other people inside that company, but only that one software developer was kind of your in. So now you have this, this strong contact with the company. Um, and then later, because we grab the titles for those two people, because maybe they were on some email communication later, uh, now you've got in your market, in your database in SigParser, you've got this, this title for VP of marketing and VP of engineering. So later when you're trying to sell them some sort of Thing that would improve their marketing or their engineering, you can just go straight to that VP instead of going to your lead list set of contacts that you had. Um, 
And oftentimes what ends up in your CRM system is just those lead list contacts, which aren't super valuable. They're okay, but they're not as good as the VP of engineering or the VP of marketing for making a decision. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, very good. So um, what do you see is up and coming for for you guys over the next six months or a year? What new things are happening? Yeah, so I think for us, one of uh, one of the main focuses will be adding support for uh, CRM systems and making things really easy to uh, to connect. So when we, whenever a new user signs up, our goal is to make it so they can be up and running, parsing email signatures, connecting their CRM in just like two to three minutes with just a few clicks. So they're not having to do anything technical. Um, so our focus is always to make the process of of coming in, integrating, and being done really fast, really fast and easy. And so. We have support for CRM systems like Salesforce, uh, Pipedrive, HubSpot, Less Annoying CRM. And then we're just continually adding new CRM systems every month. We're just trying to, to add new CRM systems, add new connectors um, to the systems that the contacts are living in. So people people aren't necessarily using SigParser every day. They're really using the systems they already use every day. And SigParser is just augmenting all that data for them. So that's really what we're focused on. Okay, got it. Makes sense. And then what size organization is necessary to be able to use uh, your system? Is it only a large enterprise or what? who's your customer? No, so our customers uh, range from, from really small to one-man shops uh, to, to pretty large organizations. Um, but typically, it's, it's, it tends to be uh, teams um, that are all kind of focused on the same sort of, of, uh, of customers or users or contacts. Um, so it tends to be teams that are sales teams between one and, and, and 15 sales reps. That tends to be what we're, what we're signing up most of the time. Um, so we're getting the team manager who's trying to solve an immediate need for his team of trying to get these contacts. So we'll have, we had a, um, we recently had like a, a two man startup or a small, not a two man startup, but it was a, it was a small company and they had a CEO and the CEO was trying to hand off all the relationship responsibilities to this new relationship manager slash salesperson that they were bringing in. And so what they wanted to do was send out an introductory email to say, hey, this new person just started. Um, we want to, you know, here's this here. She's going to be managing all the relationships. And so they needed a way to collect all the contacts. And so they used our system for that. Um, or you've got other teams where they do a lot of traveling and they have a team of, they've got one um, one person who does all their email marketing, and then that person then supports all the other sales reps. And so what they wanted to do was build a database of all those contacts where those sales reps are traveling. They could figure out, you know, who to visit in each city, things like that. Um, so, so it just depends on the kind of the use case each team manager is trying to solve with our product. All right, that's great. And the best place for people to interact with you or find out about the product offering is what, go to SigParser, dot com or are there other methods you yep. uh, prefer yeah exactly if you go to sigparser.com um, you can contact us via email we have a little chat plug in there if you want to chat with us and we can answer any of your questions um, we're happy to do a, uh, a call with you and kind of give you a quick demo of how it works um, and you can just sign up if you want to you need to go sign up connect to your email account you can connect your work email account your personal email account and just give it a try and see how it works uh, we will do We'll just do a free 90-day historical flashback and just show you what we found. And then you can sign up and actually pay, and it will, um, it will then it, you can sync it up to a CRM system like Salesforce uh, with just a couple clicks. So we've tried to oh, make that really easy to get started. Yeah. Well, very cool. I can see this would be like super useful. So 
So, uh, yeah, Paul, thanks, thanks for coming on the podcast and showing us the solution. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Thank you.